Coming up on Jerusalem Dateline, Israel's Supreme Court and Benjamin Netanyahu square off over his appointment of a key minister and attempts to rein in the judiciary. And the European Parliament moves to blacklist Iran's Revolutionary Guard. Plus, skyrocketing COVID in China. And Pastor Andrew Brunson shares his experience in a Turkish jail. And a new approach to teaching the younger generation about the Holocaust. All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. A showdown between Israel's Supreme Court and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has thrown the country's new government into chaos. The high court ruled that Ari Derry, one of Bibi's closest allies, is disqualified from being a minister in Netanyahu's cabinet. And the attorney general says he must be fired. The court said it's because Derry was convicted twice for tax offenses and bribery, which he served prison time for. And because Derry promised to quit his political life in a plea deal. Israeli law forbids recent convicts from serving as cabinet ministers. But Netanyahu's coalition voted to change the law before Derry was sworn in. The bombshell ruling comes as Netanyahu's government rolls out a plan to weaken the power of Israel's Supreme Court, including a proposal that would allow parliament to overrule a Supreme Court decision. Critics say the proposals will undermine the government's checks and balances, while Netanyahu and his allies argue reforms are necessary to restrain what they see as rampant judicial overreach. I spoke with Middle East correspondent Julie Stahl and senior editor John Waggy about what this could mean for Israel and the future of Netanyahu's government. Well, John and Julie, thanks for joining me on, uh, on Jerusalem Dateline. John, first to you. You know, I can't think of a more unprecedented time. Uh, you know, have we ever seen anything quite like this in Israel's history? And what does it mean? Well, uh, I'm not sure we have seen anything quite like it in Israel's history. I mean, Netanyahu in this last uh, election campaign literally campaigned on judicial reform as one of the planks uh, in his platform. And now the high court has ruled in and ordered the firing mm -hmm. a double minister. I mean, Shas leader Arya Derry is both health and interior minister. Mm -hmm. So this is a big hit. Yeah. On, the, on the Netanyahu government, the brand new one. Mm -hmm. And I think the people who don't want to see Netanyahu in office have sensed that and have taken to the streets about judicial reform, meaning really it's more about getting this government out because mm -hmm. that's what the leaders of the previous government were saying. We want to get this government out of here as soon as we possibly can. And so they're mobilized. The opponents of Netanyahu are mobilized by this issue of, of firing, ordering the firing of uh, Arya Derry. Yeah, we've seen almost 80,000 people in Tel Aviv. And Julie, I can't think of a more divisive time in Israel's history that I've been here. And uh, how are Israelis feeling? Are they conflicted? And how can people pray about what's going on right now? Yeah, I think Israelis are very conflicted. You know, people maybe would stand on the right-hand side, but then they see a lot of the stuff that's going on and they wouldn't necessarily approve. Of, of some of the things that are going on in the government, then they don't know where to stand on the left or the right. Obviously, the left doesn't like the things that are going on. Mm -hmm. They would like much more, you know, a casual government. A part of the problem, I think, is also with some of the laws that this government would like to enact. And, and people don't really want those kind of laws here. Mm -hmm. You know, even things like changing the law of return for bringing immigrants here. Netanyahu said he won't allow that to happen. But, you know, everything's a little yeah. bit up in the air. Yeah. So I think people really 
the thing that troubles me the most is the division in the country and the yelling and the backbiting and the sense of getting back at each other instead of like, hey, like, let's look at what's really good for mm -hmm. everyone. So important to be praying for unity here yes. in the land as well. Yes. Complicating things, John, is the fact that Jake Sullivan was here this week uh, uh, from the U.S. And uh, so w how does this, the larger picture uh fit into this with the U.S. weighing in on what's going on here in Israel. Right. Uh, it's, it's clear, uh, despite the smiles and despite the we're going to cooperate and get along together, the Biden administration doesn't want Netanyahu in office any more than the Israeli left does. And so Jake Sullivan came with a message that we don't like your judicial reforms, even though a lot of conservative analysts in the United States say that those reforms would be sensible ones. Mm -hmm. It's not the end of the world or the end of democracy, as the Supreme Court justice said. It's, it's a legislative process that has give and take to it. They're starting that process, and the people who've held the power don't like that. So uh, the Biden administration thought it was important for them to weigh in on it. I'm not sure that they'll end up uh, liking that decision down the road, mm -hmm. but that's where they are right now. Uh, Julie, last question to you in the 30 seconds. There's even a larger picture, and one of them is Iran. That's the big issue that Israel faces, even with all this internal division. Yeah, you know, I don't think Netanyahu's not going to be talked back, talked down about Iran. If he decides he's going to go for it and attack Iran, he will do it. And, you know, it could be that he's even in office for such a time as this, really, to protect Israel and the world, really, from yeah. this menace. Certainly Israel's number one existential threat, the uh, nuclear Iran. John and Julie, thanks for bringing some perspective of what's going on today in Israel. The European Parliament is calling on the European Union to put Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps on its terror blacklist. The Revolutionary Guard is a powerful political and military force in Iran. It's responsible for the country's shadowy overseas operations. The decision came after the U.S. said restoring the Iranian nuclear deal is no longer a priority after months of failed negotiations with the Islamic regime. So the JCPOA has not been on the agenda uh, as a practical matter for, for many months now. Um, it's, it's not our focus. We're focused on what's happening uh, in Iran. The Biden administration initially put reviving the Iran deal at the top of its agenda and argued it would prevent Iran from obtaining a nuclear bomb. However, Israel thought the deal would have paved the way for Iran to become a nuclear power. Well, hundreds of Christians recently gathered on the banks of the Jordan River to commemorate Jesus' baptism. The Greek Orthodox Patriarch in Jerusalem led a procession of worshipers to the biblical river. This is where scripture says Jesus began his earthly ministry. Every year, Christian pilgrims from around the world flock to the Jordan River to get baptized and show their faith. Coming up, a surge in COVID cases rattles China. The impact it could have on the world when we come back. Names from the Old Testament are being unearthed all over the city of Jerusalem. This was amazing. Come as close as you can get to personalities that are known from the Bible. Astonishing discoveries made today. A jaw-dropping moment of Bible archaeology. This is much more than a thrill. This is actual history that took place here on the site where we sit right now. Confirm the kings and prophets of the Bible left real evidence of their lives. Right time, the right place, with the right people. 
and one of the most significant finds in recent history. Exactly as the Bible tells us happened in the days of King Hezekiah. Written in stone, kings and prophets. We have the Bible and we have archaeologists. Here in our story, it's matching. The Old Testament is a reliable history book. Get your copy today for a gift of any dollar amount. Call now or go to cbn.com slash written in stone. Download the CBN News app, 24-7 News, from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to cbnnewsapp.com to get the app today. The Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In CBN's free guide, 10 Ways You Can Pray for Israel, you'll learn spiritual lessons from Israel's patriarchs, prophets, and beloved New Testament leaders, while also discovering how you can pray for Israel today. Get your free copy. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash pray for Israel. COVID cases are exploding in China after the communist government lifted harsh restrictions across the nation. The surge could have implications for other countries as well. National security correspondent Caitlin Burke has the story. A new wave of travel restrictions are in effect for passengers flying in from China. Anyone two years and older must now provide airlines with a negative COVID test result taken no more than two days before departure. Given the fact that we don't have clear data about how much COVID is circulating in China and what variants are circulating, I'm not surprised that the CDC has taken these additional steps to keep the United States protected. Health experts now say with certainty that the COVID situation in China is bad, although Beijing has yet to release any official data. For a country as vast as China, it's very difficult. <clears throat> um, you know, you can follow the same news stories that everyone else is and see pictures of, uh, of makeshift morgues and, and um, swelling hospitals but it's, it's actually very difficult to get a sense of just how representative this is. Given the communist government's continued lack of transparency, other countries are also pushing for greater restrictions. Italy is performing genomic testing on travelers arriving from China to hopefully learn what variant is circulating there. The U.S. is considering testing wastewater from international aircraft for the same purpose. However, Dr. David Dowdy, an epidemiologist and professor at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, says he doesn't believe a new variant should be a major concern. Even with this, this surge, um, I'm sure that in, in January, China is not going to account for the majority of um, the world's COVID-19 transmission. This is something that's happening around the world. Um, and, and these every time the, the virus is transmitted, it gets a chance to, to mutate. Dowdy believes the biggest flaw in Beijing's zero COVID reversal is failing to mandate vaccinations before removing restrictions. He also maintains the world's biggest focus should be on humanitarian aid, as China's death toll is likely skyrocketing. We're talking about a uh, a country that has more than four times as many people as the 
the United States. And this wave is is going across the entire country in you know at, at lightning speed um, when a lot of people have not been vaccinated or, or ever seen this uh, this virus before. And so this is COVID mortality on a scale we haven't seen globally since last winter. I also spoke with China military expert Brad Bowman with Freedom for Defense of Democracies. He says that while there's also not much information on how this surge is affecting China's military, he assumes it's having a similar impact to what hit the U.S. military during the worst days of the pandemic. That would involve canceled training exercises, delayed deployments, and a slowdown in the development and production of new weapons and equipment. Caitlin Burke, CBN News, Washington. Up next, he spent years in captivity for his Christian faith. The message this pastor has for the church after finding freedom. Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel, now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning, the CBN News Quick Start Podcast. Each weekday morning at 7 a.m., get quick highlights of the day's important news, then an in-depth analysis that goes beyond the headlines, insights that matter to people of faith. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Find the CBN News Quick Start Podcast on iTunes or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts, because truth matters. Andrew Brunson is an American pastor who ministered in Turkey for more than 20 years. In 2016, Turkish police arrested Brunson on false charges. For more than two years, he suffered in Turkish prisons or house arrest. His book, God's Hostage, a true story of persecution, imprisonment, and perseverance, chronicles that ordeal. Now Brunson believes he has a message for the church. Take a look. Andrew Brunson, great to be with you here in, uh, in Israel. Tell us what it's like to be here in the Garden Tomb and Jerusalem and Israel during this time. Well, especially the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the feast intended for all the nations when they come up to worship the God of Israel. 
And so it's like the feast for all the rest of us. <laughs> and so this is the first time I've been here during the Feast of Tabernacles. It's been amazing. I've really loved being here. You shared some of your testimony there uh, in a Turkish prison this morning. Uh, just briefly tell us what that was like and what did... What came out of that? What did you learn? What I shared today, which is we're in the garden tomb. So just a place where, you know, Jesus uh, uh, died on the cross and, and then was in the grave and rose. So just such an important place for us. And talking about the fellowship of his sufferings. And I learned throughout my time in prison uh, how important it is to Jesus that we be able to share a number of things that are on his heart. And one of the ways to to access those, to get to know his heart, is to go through some of the things that he went through. And that, part of that is hardship. So I went through some difficulties, but I realized that every time I went through something that Jesus experienced, I got a little taste of it. it. It brought my heart into a little more overlap with his heart. Because of the days we're living in, is this a message for the church at this time? Well, I think the message for the church, especially right now, is know your God. The idea of and that, that is what I talked about today is my pursuit of, of the heart of God, of drawing close to him and knowing him is what best prepared me for the difficulties that I faced in prison. So it was my love for him that fueled endurance, that helped me to be faithful, that helped me to push through and not quit, even when I felt very broken. And so uh, how do we best prepare for hardship? If we know our God, well, the Bible says in Daniel eleven thirty two. The people who know their God shall stand and accomplish exploits. So sometimes we're really focused on the exploits, accomplishing things. But the priority right now should be know your God so that as that wave of persecution, wave of pressure comes, we remain standing. In these days now, do you see a likelihood of more persecution and more pressure? I think it's very clear that it's coming. It's very much on my heart. Just God is... I think one of the things God was doing with me in my imprisonment and, and allowing me to break the way he did is that I had to learn how to strengthen myself in difficult circumstances so that I could stand and be faithful. And part of that was some of the things that I've learned are transferable to other people. And so, yes, I think that this is an assignment I feel from God right now is to help people to prepare to stand in what I think is coming. And it is, and not only in the United States. It is going to come to the United States, which is unusual, unexpected. We haven't had it there before. That means that many of us are not prepared for it. It's not part of our worldview. But we're just going into a period of greater darkness and trouble in the world in general. And we need to prepare our hearts so that when the shaking is happening, that we stand. And, and so getting closer to him, is the way we can prepare for those dark times. Well, there are other things we can do as well, but that is the foundation for everything else. Mm -hmm. Know him. If you know him, if you love him, then you're going to be willing to pay the price that you may have to pay to be faithful to him. Mm. Would you pray right now for those people that may be looking and watching and viewing and how they can prepare? Yeah, so I, then I will pray what I prayed for myself in prison so many times. That Father God... Mm. I pray for us, your sons and daughters. Pour out on us, your sons and daughters, the, the spirit of Jesus. Pour out on us the confidence, the strength, the hope, the perseverance, endurance, and steadfastness of Jesus so that we may run the race set before us and finish well. A beautiful bride purified in the fires of faithful obedience, tested and found worthier for beloved of Jesus, the King of glory. So that's what we need is for the spirit of Jesus to be poured into us so that we can endure like he did. Amen. Well, Andrew Brunson, thanks for sharing this message for the times. Thank you, Chris. 
Still ahead, a powerful initiative that's sharing the stories of the Holocaust with the next generation. Thank you for watching Jerusalem Dayline. We're committed to providing you with unbiased reporting from the Holy Land. Through weekly broadcasts, podcasts, and online media, our vision is to reach millions around the globe with the true story of what's happening in Israel and the Middle East, all from a biblical and prophetic perspective. This is a big vision and is only made possible by the generous support of people like you. Call us toll free at 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Jerusalem Dateline and make a donation that will help spread the light of truth about Israel throughout the world. Orphans Promise is committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries around the world, and with your help, we can do even more. There's an old African proverb I love that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. At Orphan's Promise, we want to run far so we can touch the lives of as many orphaned and vulnerable children as possible. But we don't want to go alone. We're out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us? Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years and to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us region. Experience God on a new level. Empowering the believer is what this podcast is really all about. Discover insights into scriptures. Be encouraged by inspired teaching. Everyone listening. Everyone. You can be a chosen vessel. The Lesson with Gordon and Ashley. What did Jesus get? Everything that the Father has. Yes. Learn more about what God has for you. The Lesson on cbnfamily.com and YouTube. As time goes on, there were fewer and fewer Holocaust survivors left to tell firsthand their stories of survival at the hands of the Nazis. As CBN Middle East correspondent Julie Stahl tells us, one initiative is introducing the younger generation to Holocaust survivors face to face. It's called Zikaron Basalon, Living Room Remembrance, a powerful way for Holocaust survivors to tell their stories directly to young people carrying a longer-lasting impact. It is a social initiative commemorating the Holocaust, connecting between Holocaust survivors and the younger generation in a small, intimate setting. Sharon Buenos, global director of Zikaron Basalon, recently invited about 20 international journalists to her apartment to experience this approach for themselves. About 11 years ago, a group of young Israelis wanted to commemorate the Holocaust in a different way. They found that the traditional way of ceremonies was no longer enough. 
and they were looking for new meaning for the Holocaust National Remembrance Day. They gathered in one home, they invited a Holocaust survivor, and it was a very unique experience. Born in 1923, Hannah Malka clearly remembers as a 16-year-old when Nazi Germany took over her home country of Czechoslovakia in just one night. And at the time, it was the greatest democracy in all Europe. And we knew what happened in the Germany, but we never saw that Hitler will try to come to a democratic land. Then one morning, before I went to school, I, heard the, I opened the radio and heard the president say, be all of you quiet, don't fight, don't do anything. The Germans occupied Czechoslovakia. In the Czech capital's Jewish quarter, life continued for two and a half years. Then, in November 1941, Adolf Hitler said he was giving the Jews a city and began transporting them to the Theresienstadt ghetto. All the Jews came to this place, and instead of 6,000 people, we were 50,000 people. So you can imagine how full it was. I was living in a flat of Czech family, so we were about 70 people in a two-room flat with one WC and with one place to wash themselves. The true intention for Theresienstadt was a transit station for sending Jews to concentration camps. There were always transports. Always people came and people got away. But we didn't know where they go because we had no idea that there is a place like Auschwitz. We just felt that this must be something worse than, than Theresienstadt. There were little children there and the children were not with their parents. We hope that the children are our future, that at least if we won't survive, the children will survive. The Nazis also used Theresienstadt as propaganda, calling it the spa town to conceal the true purpose of the concentration camps. They made it very beautiful because there should come a commission of the Red Cross. There were flowers suddenly and there was a coffee house. There were two people living in a room and not 50. And the Red Cross came and they said it's not necessary to go to Auschwitz because probably everything what they say about Auschwitz is just the same as what they say about Theresienstadt. The Nazis eventually sent Hannah and the other children to Auschwitz in Poland. Hannah was among 200 girls that were then sent to Germany. She spent the rest of the war as a maid or working in a factory for the Germans. In 1946, Hannah came to pre-state Israel. Like many survivors, she didn't share her story for years. Later, she felt the need to speak out when she saw how people nowadays often treat each other. When I hear how people belong one to the other, it just hurts me because in Theresienstadt, when there was so hard and we had nothing to eat and nothing to do, you never stole from someone and you never did something bad in the opposite. When someone need help, you always helped him. Participants in the salon experience also have the opportunity to share their thoughts and ask questions. What I liked is that you are trying to tell us not only the horror, but also positive stories. I like your sense of humor. You said you went back to Germany as well, right? For a long time, I didn't want to go to Germany. But after that, I said it's silly because they were good Germans too. What is the message that you want everyone here to live here today? 
even in the worst situations, you can find something good and something nice, and, and you can find nice people. Zikaronba Salan is now in 2 million homes in 65 countries, with private individuals hosting evenings like this one. The Holocaust is not only the story of the Jewish people. I think all of us should carry that torch of remembrance and carry a testimony with us. Bueno says she hopes one day six million homes will light a light to remember each victim of the Holocaust. Julie Stahl, CBN News, Tel Aviv, Israel. Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN News apps and email blasts. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.